Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Barry Rosner, Joe Ostrowski with you until 1130. You know what that music means? It's time to go out to the Score Hotline. Where we're joined today by John Harper, baseball columnist for the New York Daily News. You can follow him on Twitter at NYDN Harper, and you can hear him right now on Hit and Run. Good morning, John. Thanks for your time today. Sure. How you guys doing? We're doing great. Listen, when City Field was on fire the other day, was that just the perfect metaphor for the Mets season or even the franchise, or uh, was that just an actual fire? <laughs> Uh, well, fortunately, there was nobody got hurt or anything, so you can kind of yeah, you can laugh about it. Uh, but yeah, that sure was uh, symbolic of the way things are going for the Mets. Uh, their season has turned into a dumpster fire. It's it's really uh, hard to believe that they actually got off to an eleven one start. I'm still not sure how that happened. Now, yeah, it's uh, watching from a distance. It's you know we we make fun of the Mets quite a bit because they've got all these extraordinary pitchers, and we know they're just going to get hurt every year. And that thing, and that bad things are going to happen to them, and now a lot of that is happening. But one, one of them that it's not happening to is Jacob Degrom. He's just extraordinary. Could he, even under these ridiculous circumstances, could he win the Cy Young Award this year? Yeah, you know, I wrote about that for today. I was out there last night, sitting through that game, which I thought was never going to end at one point. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Degrom is—it's—he's going to test the limits, uh, as we know. Uh, this new era of analytics, and we judge pitchers differently now. Wins don't count for nearly as much as they used to. But, and I pointed out, Felix uh, Hernandez is the, is won it in 2010 with the Cy Young with two, 13 wins, which is the lowest ever for a starting pitcher in a full season. I don't know, Degrom. He's four and zero. He's he's just been he's been brilliant. He was again last night. He you know he got had some bad luck. Actually pitched through it with some of those soft hits the Cubs got. And was so it was great again. He lowered his league leading ERA to one four nine, and he's he's he may I kind of in, in jest suggested he could be the first Cy Young uh, pitcher to win a Cy Young with less than ten wins. So I don't know if that could actually happen. And Max Scherzer obviously would have a lot to say about it. But Degrom has really been that good, and uh, he can't catch a break whether it's the offense or most more than more than the offense this year. It's just been bad bullpen, which has cost him some wins too. So uh, really a tough go for him. Where does the blame go for all the injuries year after year with their pitching? Uh, you know, that's a good question because they've tried just about everything. That's one of the reasons they brought in Mickey Callaway this year uh, to be the manager. He had great success with Cleveland as a pitching coach. And kind of in the process of interviewing him, I think the Mets realized, I don't know how they – they still were a little bit behind the curve in terms of some of the injury prevention techniques that other teams like the Indians were using. Callaway brought some of that over here. Um, and you know what? Actually, I mean, they've actually been pretty healthy to starting rotation. That's that's one of the reasons that um, 
kind of it's it's kind of shocking that they've been as bad as they have because uh, Matt's is I mean Matt's right now is out. They he and Syndergaard are both out, but they're minor. It's a minor finger thing. Both are supposed to. In fact, Matt's is scheduled to start again today, uh, and Syndergaard's only supposed to miss one start. They've actually been pretty healthy. Harvey health wasn't the issue with Harvey. They found just. Uh, couldn't couldn't deal with him anymore and traded him off. He, I mean, he wasn't going to be the same. He's been okay with the Reds, not great. Uh, so it's really been more about underperformance of the bullpen and the hitting this year than the pitching. They, they have had injuries again. Cespedes, the Cespedes injury is killing them. They need, desperately need his bat in the lineup. So it is, and, and Alderson kind of went off on this the other day. Because they have taken a lot of heat for the way they've done things in the past with injuries, I think they do are doing things right now. They've they've made a lot of changes in the way they they uh, analyze and diagnose injuries, things like that, and handle them. So can't fault them this year. I can, you can fault them for things in the past, but sometimes they do just seem seem to have more bad luck than you know. But in truth, everybody has injuries, and you have to be able to get through it too. What was the reaction immediately after the big blunder by Mickey Calloway early in the season? Uh, it was the kind of thing where everybody just kind of shook their heads and said, you know, it just right at, that was at that point they still were kind of basking in the glow of that eleven to one start. So Callaway was still getting a lot of benefit of the doubt. But and and you know the truth is it probably had more to do with uh, the bench coach things like that than, than Callaway. He has to take responsibility, and they did for it. He was he you know he blamed it on himself. For, for not making sure that everything was in line, but that's something that I, I really don't think is an issue with the manager as much as just kind of the, the process that got screwed up somehow. But it has become another thing that's almost symbolic of the way things have gone since then for Callaway. He's come into question for a lot of his decisions on and bullpen decisions and uh, the way he's handled certain things. And he, you know, he kind of put himself out there a little bit the other night. Um, Friday night, called the team meeting, and then after in the press conference, sort of called out his players, even even uh, Conforto, uh, for missing a cutoff man. And you know, these days it's rare when managers call out teams, call out players publicly. They're so they're all so sensitive to criticism. And he even referenced uh, the uh, that that Cespedes is making as much money as he is. He said, you know, the highest paid player, we need him out there. That's rare for a manager to ever address a player's salary. Almost because almost you're implying that hey, you know this guy should be on the field whether he's hurt or not type of thing, and you wonder if that is going to cause cause some ripples in the clubhouse. So right now, a lot of things going on with the Mets and Callaway. I was watching Conforto closely when he was reacting to that. I don't know if you were standing there, but just watching it on TV, I had serious doubts about whether he was being genuine when he. When he owned up to it and said he didn't blame the manager for what he said, what was your impression of Conforto at that moment? And is that a clue into maybe how these guys are reacting to Mickey Calloway? Well, I, yeah, I wasn't there Friday night. I was there last night. I, I will say this: Conforto is one of the most uh, accountable guys in there. And if you're gonna if you're gonna single anybody out, he's probably probably the guy to do it because he's got the right temperament to handle it. And I. I do think, for the most part, he is pretty genuine. I'm sure he wasn't thrilled um, to have to have Callaway single him out in a game where a lot of other things went wrong. But at the same time, he knew it was wrong. He knew he made a mistake uh, overthrowing the cutoff man. That's that's you know as basic as it gets in that situation. Uh, letting a go ahead run at the time 
go go to second. And he's really a guy. He's a fundamental guy. So it was kind of surprising, and it was it was kind of indicative of the way things are going. I think some of these guys are trying to make the the great play, the perfect play. When you know how it is, when things go bad, they all start trying to do a little too much. Yeah. But I I think Callaway handled it as well as he could. I'm sure he wasn't thrilled with it. Uh, but I'm I'm really interested in Cespedes' reaction because <laughs> you know, he he never he never talks to the media. He's declined to talk the last couple of days to his folks, and we don't even see him since he's been on the DL. But um, when you start talking about when a manager starts talking about a player's money, I mean I've heard players say in the past that's that's a road a manager usually doesn't want to go down. Ooh, wow, sounds bad. We're visiting with John Harper here. On Hit and Run, he's a baseball columnist for the New York Daily News. The Chicago Wolves are making big plans for the 25th anniversary. Get your season tickets now and receive exclusive benefits. Visit ChicagoWolves.com or call 1-800-THE-WOLVES. John, a, a couple members, a former members of the White Sox with the Mets, also on the disabled list, Todd Frazier, Anthony Swarzak. What's going on with them? Yeah, Frazier is in uh, AAA now. Uh, rehab, rehab games uh, for his hamstring and... Talking about injuries, I mean, this, you know, I don't think Frazier's hardly ever been injured in his career. He comes over and uh, pulls a hamstring. He's been out, I think it's about three weeks now. So I, I don't know what it is. Swarzak, too, he's a guy, he, you know, he first in, in spring training pulled a calf muscle, and he said, you know, I've never been hurt before. <laughs> and then uh, three games into the season or something like that, he has this oblique and hasn't been hurt from since. It's the longest oblique injury, I think, in the history of baseball. And they desperately needed him to be a, a main piece of that bullpen. He hasn't been there, so uh, it, it is some, somehow. It doesn't sometimes seems the Mets are cursed, and uh, they, they're missing both of those guys because Frazier had a big impact. Uh, I'm sure you guys know. Well, he, his personality. They they thought that would help this this team. They had some issues in the clubhouse last year, and he really did seem to be a guy that was, that was making a difference in terms of unifying. He made a he made a point of becoming uh, friendly, real friendly with Cespedes, and things were going great early. Um, and then, uh, I mean, it's not just because he's been out, but it certainly hasn't helped because they do need his presence, they need his defense at third, and they need his bat. They need him to to provide some power. Well, let's move on to a a more pleasant topic, and that's the New York Yankees. But quickly to finish with the Mets, what is David Wright serious still about trying to play baseball again? Yeah, I mean, I think I believe he is. I don't think it's going to happen. He's been he's been gone for uh, last one day. Last week was the anniversary of two year anniversary of the last time he played in the game. So he's thirty five years old and hasn't played in in over two years now. And he's got all kinds of you know he's got the stenosis. Um, he's got a, he had he had shoulder surgery. He's got all kinds of things going on. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I do think he's trying, and he's obviously he's still got he's got two more years of big money on his contract. So I'm sure somehow that plays a part in the Mets are collecting insurance money as long as he's out and he's trying to come back. I would think after this year um, they're going to have to reach some kind of settlement because you can't keep doing this forever. John Cubs fans are about to cringe, but uh, tell us your impressions. How, how great has Gleyber Torres been? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Well, listen, you got a championship out of it out in out there, right? So yep. that, I guess that, that was worth it probably in the long run. Yeah, but, I don't think they win that title without Chapman. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And um, But, yeah, the Yankees, man, they love this guy. And how can you not? You watch him. I mean, he's so young, but he's got he's got such great instincts, like he's been around the game forever. Uh, he seems to be 
at best, the best in in big spots. Uh, he's really been a clutch hitter for them, and the power has been. They, he surprised the Yankees with his power. So, you know, already he looks like you know he could it could he, you know he and Otani could have a race for Rookie of the Year, but he looks like a keeper. That's for sure. And I'm sure you know the Cubs knew it. The Yankees had had chased him as an amateur, um, tried to sign him, and the Cubs beat beat them to it. So they always had their eye on him, and they, when they were able to get him in that trade, they were thrilled. And then, obviously, they bring Chapman back as well. It's kind of a coup for uh, for Brian Cashman. No doubt about it. <laughs> what do you think will be the timeline for adding a starting pitcher? And all Cole Hamill's talk aside, where do you think they'll look? Yeah, there's not a lot uh, out there that's all that appealing. Uh, but they are going to – I'm sure Cashman will do something. You know, they have they still have a lot of depth in their farm system. They have pieces to trade. I, you know, I was writing all winter, and I'm, I'm really surprised that they didn't go ahead and make the trade for Derek Cole uh, because they could have done it. They had the pieces to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't have cost them Gleyber Torres or anybody like that because, obviously, they, the Astros didn't give up their best prospects to get him. Um, so now, yeah, you're out there looking, and, you know, there's some talk maybe uh, Jay Happ in Toronto. um hmm. But when you look around at the, the teams that are out of it, there's just there's just not that that much that's appealing. So I'm not sure where they go. It could end up being Hamels just because it won't cost much in terms of prospects because uh, they probably they probably want to take on some salary. They do have a lot of room to play with under the and still stay under the luxury tax uh, threshold. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up being the move. Do you think one's enough? I do. Just I mean. Sonny Gray's been a disappointment. He shows signs, and he's got he's got good stuff. He seems like he's uh, he, he's just at times afraid to attack with his stuff and almost afraid of contact, which is strange. But he shows signs of coming around. Um, I think that you know they have Severino's great at the top. Uh, you can't trust Tanaka from start to start, but he was so good in the postseason last year that I think they do trust that he can still be big in big games for him. Um, Sabathia is—he's been good for them, but you worry about his age and his uh, history with injuries and things like that. So I do think one starting pitcher would be enough. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they had a starter and go get another big reliever and try and do it that way with the bullpen, which is which is which there's a huge factor for him in the postseason last year as well. Will they be involved in Harper or Machado? Uh, not not for trade, no. Uh, but I can no, see them. Some, yeah. After the year. agency, yeah, I mean, I could see that it it's, it's been a huge topic of discussion here, especially more more Machado than Bryce Harper. Even though Bryce Harper seems to have this Mickey Mantle obsession, and wants to be a Yankee and all that. Unless they traded Stanton, though, I don't see how it works because Hal Steinbrenner is not George, and he's serious about. He said it a million times. He's serious about not wanting that be anywhere near the highest payroll in the game. Doesn't think you have to have a payroll over uh, $200 million to do it. And, you know, they've proved they can do it with, by developing all these young guys. So I doubt it would be him. But Machado is really interesting just because, you know, they've made it clear they really like the guy. And um, he, whether short or third, he could fit because Gregorius is a free agent after, after uh, 19. So that could be something where they just decide to move on from him. It would cost a ton of money, but I could see them uh, being in that for sure. What do you think we'll be saying about Stanton in September? That's a great question. Um, I think it, we're probably going to be saying that this this first year has been a disappointment. Uh, I'm kind of surprised because 
I had never watched him all that carefully up close, you know, just kind of from afar and just assumed that he was, I don't know, he just hasn't been as complete or better, as good a hitter as I thought he was. He's got so many holes. He doesn't seem to recognize breaking stuff. He chases breaking stuff all over the place. And that extreme close stance that he's in, which he went to last year and really took off home run-wise from there, seemed to help him. But it, a lot of people seem to think it's really an issue, especially against right-handed pitching. He chases and chases against right-handed pitching, against breaking stuff. You wonder if he gets a, gets a good look at the ball that way. He's, he's hit lefties okay, but just not nearly as complete a hitter as I thought he was. So, And I think maybe the New York thing, the pressure, the contract and all that is a little bit in his head still. He was getting booed at Yankee Stadium early, even still, even last week. So I think uh, the good part of the Yankees is they really don't need him to have a huge year, just be a guy that can win some games for some, with some home runs at times. But right now, I'd be surprised if he hits 40 home runs. We know they'll get a starter, but are uh, they going to add anywhere else? I would say the pen is the one issue. Uh, they, they they really don't have anywhere else in terms of position players where they need to look. But the bullpen, uh, they haven't been as good as they thought they'd be. David Robertson's been up and down. Um, this is still kind of shaky at times. Chapman's been great. He seems to have, whether he had a hangover last year from the Cubs experience in postseason or not. Well, Joe tried really to kill him. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it, he really did. He didn't look the same last year, uh, but this year he's got the late life back. He's blowing people away again. But they do have some issues in that pen. I could see them going out and uh, and trying to find another piece to add there. But that's really maybe the only other area where they would need some. John, thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. I wouldn't be surprised if we chase you down again sometime later this summer. Hey, anytime, guys. Good talking to you. Thank you, John. Harper from the New York Daily News. You can follow him on Twitter at NYDN Harper. He has plenty to write about. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, the Stanton thing kind of blows your mind. It's like, you know, there are some baseball people who still believe, you hear this in hockey a lot too, be wary of the guy who's a big star on a terrible team. Be wary of that because... Sometimes you get into really bad habits as the only guy on a really bad team. Not the only guy, but the best guy on a really bad team. Because it's not about winning, so your approach has nothing to do with trying to win a game. And you can therefore do things that will absolutely pad your personal stats. The other part of it is he's going to New York. I mean, this ain't Florida. You see it all the time, especially in the NBA. Somebody's going to score. So once you're taken out of that situation where you're the man and the usage, everything goes through you, and then in another situation where the focus is winning, how are you going to react? But then you also have Justin Verlanders. And he w- he wasn't being tested in Detroit. Yeah, he and- wanted he wanted it. Remember yeah. when I said that? I said he's going to go somewhere and help somebody with a chance. To you win. said it two years ago. And people were ripping him, and he's done. He's in his 30s, a lot of money. I wanted, the, get Cub- back? I wanted the Cubs to trade for I him. I know you did. You said that yep. before last season. Yep. Imagine if Garrett Cole had gone to the Yankees. And they didn't have to give up Torres? Jeez. And they're lo- they got, I mean, talk about loaded. They're just, they got more and more and more and more. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. You just go there and start shopping. Whatever you want. Yeah, but you want you want starters, you want relievers, you want position players, you want power, you want speed, you want catchers. 
They they're, they got everything. You're right. But Cashman doesn't want to give it up. Garrett Cole. Doesn't it seem that way right now? They, he doesn't want to give anything up They get yet. a seven-game series with Houston again. And Garrett Cole beats him twice? Oh, boy. And Severino's boy. been fantastic, but... Ver, now you're talking about Verlander against Severino. Look, I picked the Yankees to win it all. Uh, I'm not backing down off of that, but I got to say, as you as you look ahead and you think about having to get through either Boston or Houston during the postseason, they're going to need more starting pitching. You got to win Sonny, the division first. Yes, I mean, uh, yes, you're right. Is... You're, you're you're correct. You you pointed that out last week. Somebody is going to have to play a coin flip. It's brutal. Top, a top three team in baseball has to play in a coin flip Hashtag crapshoot. Uh, you should tweet that Shut to Joe Ostrowski. He loves that. Hashtag crapshoot. He believes the playoffs Thank are a crapshoot. You should <laughs> get in line, pal. <laughs> get in line. The, the, the fact that you're going to have to go through those one or both of those teams Brutal. With, with this rotation, even as good as you are, it's a little scary. It's a little bit, little bit scary. Sonny Gray's terrified. Sonny Gray's got wipeout stuff. You watch him pitch. You go just, just attack the hitter, throw strikes, attack the hitter. What are you afraid of? Your stuff is so good. You don't have to worry about it. What are you, you talking about you, Darvish? <laughs> similar conversation. Yeah. Just attack, 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 attack. Go. And you know uh, Tanaka, as as John said, was you know really good in the postseason last year. But do you trust him? And at then, this and, point, you're trusting him as your two. And then you know, so what are you talking about? You need it. You, I mean, you don't just need a starter. You need a really good one. If you want to, if you want to be serious this postseason against Boston or Houston, I, I don't love the idea of Cole Hamels at this point. Yeah, I but think, I don't know. What you I have, don't know the list yet. So yeah, you know we're a long way away. Yeah. Any talk about trading of starting pitchers right now is is sort of silly. We are a long way away. But at least in Cole Hamels, you have a guy who you know will not be afraid. He is a guy who has at times performed very very well in the postseason. Wasn't he an NLCS MVP and a World Series MVP? Big one moments. one or both. Yeah. Not afraid of that. His stuff is not as good as it was, but you know what? Who knows? I mean, it's not it's not like Justin Verlander who can still throw 95, 98, 99. Correct. NLCS and World Series MVP. But who knows? Maybe you get him into an ultra-competitive situation again. You get yourself a a quality starter. They don't have to – you know, that's a thing. They're so good, you don't have to have – Justin Verlander, you just got to. Someone's got to give you a quality start. The offense will do the rest. But if you add you got, one and it's Cole Hamels, I, I don't like that approach. I agree. I agree. You have I, to add two if you're getting Cole Hamels. I I agree. I'm with you for a change. You've said something that doesn't annoy me. Oh my God, it's rather surprising. <laughs> That's Joe Ostrowski. I'm Barry Rosner. When we come back on Hit and Run, I have I have some uh, I have some numbers for you and. Uh, I have a White Sox question for you and something from the Cubs game last night that we need to talk about as well. Lots of people on hold. We'll get to you. And, oh, we have some texts. you got to read some texts, Joe. When I mentioned the uh, the guy from uh, who, who was talking about his problems getting Cubs games on TV, we got some texts on that. You need to read some of those. You can text us at 670 
Uh, we'll get to that next right here on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. We're using this archaic system still to call balls and strikes. It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, again, you got to have a little human element, though. Jeez, a little human element. The, the human oh, element, the, the players, players the the always will be the players. Ah, yeah, yeah. The human element's the players, dude. Come on, Christopher. You know this. I know this. We see the human element on a nightly basis. The human element's Mac Williamson freaking dropping bombs, hitting an oppo taco like I've never seen the other night. You're That's the human the element. You're the human the element. In on hit and run on the score, Joe Strauss, Barry Rosner with you for another hour. That was, of course, Eric Burns attacking uh, Mad Dog Russo. Which on, I'm in favor of. On high heat this week. He's nuts also. He believes no metrics are any good. Like, none of them. Wh- which person? Mad Dog. Yeah, I know, I know. All metrics are bad. They're ruining the game. Actually has said many times they're ruining the game. I know, I know. He's out of his mind. Of course, Metro reminds me of you so much. You're such a bad guy. This segment is brought to you by Triton College. At Triton College, you'll find real quality in their modern facilities and dedicated faculty. You'll find real value in their courses that will cost you a fraction of four-year schools. At Triton College, you'll find real opportunity. Visit triton.edu today. The metrics are great. They're part of the game. I, I David, lo- that David, means you're about to rip them because that's they, what you usually No, do. no. They've advanced the game. Of course. They're just not the only thing in the game. But to say they're ruining the game or that they have no value at all is ridiculous. But that's your guy. That's your guy, Mad Dog. He is entertaining. I'll say that. You know what else? He's not afraid to say what he thinks. Yeah. And in today's world, that is refreshing because everybody's offended by something. Everybody is offended by something. Yeah, so people care. are so I mean people are just afraid to give an opinion. I think the Cubs will win today. Well, then that's going to offend somebody. You know? I think John Lester's going to throw a no hitter. Yeah, said Lester was going to throw a no hitter and he didn't. You suck. Well, and the other part of it no, is uh, it, being af- afraid of being wrong. Right? No. I listen, I get out of bed wrong every day. You're and it's going de- to be wrong a lot. And it's death. I get out of bed wrong, and it's downhill from there, pretty much. And uh, in my house, I haven't been right in 26 years, and that's okay. The um, But, you know, he's, he says what he thinks. He's like, you know, who cares? That's the point. That's the point you're making, Joe, is who cares? Who cares? So what if This is the opinion business, I heard. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're just okay. talking about sports. It's okay. That's what you're supposed – that's what that's, this is built on. It's okay. Let me hear your thoughts on that for charity. Go ahead. For what? Saturday. <laughs> Let me hear your thoughts on that for charity. Go ahead. For charity? I think Saturday. No, charity. Oh. Play, play it again. Let me hear your thoughts on that for charity. Go ahead. All right. Someone tell us what that word is that he's saying. I thought Saturday for sure. I heard charity. It's charity. <laughs> Why did... 
How do well, you know? T- Were you watching closed captioning? No, I. It's he clearly says charity. Well, who is oh, he? Because he knows the conversation, probably. Oh. <laughs> Let me hear your thoughts on that for charity. Go ahead. I don't know what that is. <laughs> don't know what <laughs> It's not like he's a professional broadcaster. Talk about that for a second. Your thoughts. Go ahead. Your thoughts, thoughts there. What can you tell me on that? <laughs> I, that's my new favorite thing is if I have a statement or a question for Rosner, I will text him <laughs> the, the statement or question followed by immediately give your thoughts on that for a second. Let me hear your thoughts on that. Far away. And I know it started to annoy you yesterday. So. No, it didn't. <laughs> I Talk laugh. about that for a second. A constant thing. I laugh every time. Every time he does it and I'm watching the like, show, I laugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, hey, Roz, Flurry, 7 to 4, Con Smythe. Give me your thoughts on that for a sec. <laughs> Tiger Woods, 22 to 1 at the British. Talk about that for a sec. Give me that. some thoughts on that for a sec. That, 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 that. Can you uh, please uh, find that one text that you read? I have a, it right here. A minute ago. Yes. Uh, we were talking a few minutes ago about being able to get your ball game, whichever game you want to see, on any platform, on any device, at any moment, at any time, for whatever price that uh, that that baseball wants to charge you. And we were talking about how people just—I mean, people who are close to Chicago can't get the games. Yeah, and uh, as usual, every time we bring this up, hundreds of text messages, complaints, how upset people are. Uh, this texter—I don't, don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit. Says three hundred a month for cable, one hundred and eighty for MLB package, one hundred for MLB at bat. I should be able to watch the Cubs on Mars. You can't. <laughs> yes, yes, you should. Oh, that that's incredible. 300 for cable, which is a nightmare. Cut the cord. I want to cut the first chance I get, I'm cutting the cord. But we can't. Well, no, because of our jobs. And they, they don't let us. Because we can't watch the games. We're prisoners. Yes. We're prisoners of the cable company. But 300 for cable. He said 180 for the MLB package. Yes. And uh, MLB at bat. And also, and also the, yeah. The guy spending that much. And he can't get every single game. That's no. insane. And, and we're hearing from a lot of people. I'd be screaming. Just think about right here, but Central Illinois, they get blocked out, blacked out all the time. All the time. Uh, WGN uses other outlets, so you have to have all these obscure channels just to get the Cubs. They're saying elsewhere, outside of Chicagoland. Oh, in order to have that as part of your package. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Take on all these oh, yeah. other channels too. Bundle, bundle, baby. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I did it again yesterday. I, I sat there, and I know people are going to say just use the search button, but I, but I went through them all. Like, <laughs> okay, the Cubs are not on NBC Sports Chicago. The Cubs are not on NBC Sports Plus. The Cubs are not on ABC. They're not on ESPN. I went everywhere. And then the last one. I seriously, what was it, like seven channels I went through. Like, oh, Fox, yeah. Well, I I did the same thing. And I know we're we're stupid. I call it Cubs Roulette. And, you know, the real real tricky one is NBC Sports Chicago Plus. See, for me, it's right next to the regular, so it's fine. I just don't think of it. And so last night, I was actually... You know, that there's I was watching I don't know five golf tournaments this weekend, but one of them is the women's U.S. Open. Yeah, Gary Woodland. Huh? And and uh, 
Go ahead. Sorry. I didn't do it. Um, do it, Bryson DeChambeau. So uh, good luck to me there. Um, the, uh, the, the Women's U.S. Open was on Fox. It was on FS1, and it was on Fox. And then before they went, and then so right when the Cub game was supposed to start, I did check Fox, but the Women's Open go, was on there. Yeah, they didn't go to the Cubs so until I'm, 15 after, so I that, think. That, that's, where the, that's where I got really confused. Yeah. But uh, uh, nevertheless. Two years is all going to be fixed, right? It's going to be a Cubs network all in one channel? I don't know. I don't know. I would think so, the way they talk. This is just such a simple thing, Rob Manfred. I mean, I should, all right, let me retract that. It's not a simple thing, or it'd be done already, right? This would already be done. But he has to get this done. Rob Manfred has to get this done. It's not about pitch clocks and mound visits. Get this done. And runners on people, second base and extra innings. People want to watch your games and can't. That's insane. It's 2018. How can this be happening? Pitch clocks and mound visits. Pitch clocks and mound visits. Fix this. Get this done. There's just no excuse for it. Not at this point. All right, when we come back, Joe, more John Smoltz from last night. We got to get to the Anthony Rizzo slide from last week. Which was quite the thing. Well, it became a whole week thing. So, yeah, we should get to it. We'll get to that. I wrote about that today. You can find that at uh, dailyherald.com or on my Twitter feed or Facebook page. We'll talk about that. And I have a White Sox question for you as well that I think is quite relevant. Bruce Levine, top of the hour. Right here on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Joe Ostrowski, Barry Rosner with you until 1130. Bruce Levine coming up at 11. The Anthony Rizzo slide, which was called good at the time, which caused the catcher... To throw it into right field, which won the game for the Cubs, was a a brilliant play by Anthony Rizzo, if you can get away with it. Yeah, if you're you're following the rules. Joe called it a good hard slide. It was a good hard slide. It was a good baseball play five years ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, personally, I think it's part of baseball. But the fact is, is baseball doesn't want it to be part of baseball. And it was as illegal as can possibly be. The but, way it was broken down frame by frame, I was, I was like, "Look at what, any, what, what are people talking about? This, this is, you don't need somebody in here to break this down frame by frame. It was clear what was going on. There was a clear path. There's no arguing that. Anthony Rizzo violated the rule, the current rule in 2018. In real time, it was illegal. In slow motion, it was illegal. Yes. Any picture of it that you see is illegal. He was nowhere near home plate. Nowhere near it. It's illegal. That's all. That's all and, there is and to the, it. And I heard a lot of, well, the catchers, it's up to him to get out of the way. He got out of the way. He gave Rizzo a clear path. We know what was going on. And Joe screaming all week, but he, he was screaming about the, the, the new rule. He liked the old rule. There's a lot of different arguments going on at the same time that have nothing to do with each other. There's a lot of ambiguity. There's a lot of confusion. The players don't seem to know. The umpires don't seem to know. But this one is as clear as can be. And the umpires nothing, definitely don't know. There's nothing. There was nothing ambiguous about this. He was nowhere near the plate. And 
I just I don't know what Joe's talking about when he says he thought it was a legal slide. Is he just protecting his player there? Is he just fighting for his guy? Is or is he just so. is, is he just mad that they changed this rule and now you can't? It's a let, former catcher. Yeah. Let me put it this it's way: a little bit of all that. If that was Wilson Contreras, and he had had his ACL blown out on that play, which was possible, if your if your leg is planted, yep. and you got spikes on and you get hit like that. You could you could lose an ACL right there. If that was Wilson Contreras, and he lost his catcher for the year, what do you think Joe Madden would have been saying? Think he would have been saying that's a legal play? That's where Joe lost me, because he took the stance. Even if it was Wilson, he he'd said, be saying the exact same thing. He said thing. that. Yes, he did. He's dead no, wrong. That's we all not, know that, that's, that's garbage. Just, that's not, that's just not true. We know that. We know that. For he'd a be fact. He would have been screaming. I rate. I don't care for some of the new rules, but the fact is these are the rules. Here's what I don't get. If you're MLB and you want all contact removed from the game, and clearly that's what they want. They don't want anybody getting hurt anymore. They want no contact in baseball. Fine. If that's what you want, fine. I don't agree with it, but if that's what you want, fine. Why is there still contact? Why is it still happening? If you don't want any, take all of it out. Because here's what's happening. Players are not protecting themselves anymore. You could argue Diaz, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. He got if, out of the way. I mean, he was five he feet out from of the, the way. He was five feet from the But here's the thing. When you release that ball, you got to pick up that leg. you got to pick up that plant leg yeah. because you, you, here's the problem. Players think they're completely safe. Okay, it's just human nature. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying players don't protect themselves anymore. They don't at second anymore either. On the pivot, second baseman, shortstops, they are not protecting themselves. I think it's a big mistake. Baez was mad about the Musgrove slide because he didn't think anybody was going to touch him. They don't think they're going to get touched, and that's dangerous. You see it in hockey. They change all the rules. We don't want anybody touching anybody anymore. It's not hockey anymore. It's ballet. We don't want anybody touching anybody, okay? So on a hit from behind, they turn their back to the to a, to a four checker, skating at full speed. They go, well, no one's going to touch me, and you'll face first into the glass. You have you weren't taught to play that way. You're taught to protect yourself, but you make the game more dangerous because players are not looking for contact. It's happening in baseball now, and it's dangerous. So you got to. I mean, if you want no contact, remove all contact, all of it. If that, I mean, if your goal. What, I guess I'm asking you, Joe, what's the point of what they're doing? Because I don't understand it. Talking about the players or, or MLB the commissioner? MLB. Do you want zero contact in the game? Because it seems like that's what yes. they want. And if yes, that, okay, yes, they, they want it to be in their mind. This is a non-contact sport, and they don't want to lose their superstars. Then make the rules very, very, very clear. You can never touch another player ever. Because players are not protecting themselves, and it's dangerous. You see it every day at second base. Even even if it's against the rules for someone to take you out at second base, doesn't mean it's not going to happen. You still need to protect yourself. But they're not acting like it might happen. Right, right, because they they have that security. So Bias thinks no one's touching them. And then Musgrove comes Musgrove Musgrove comes in at you. (laughs) And Baez waits until Musgrove, six foot five, two hundred and sixty uh-huh. pound Joe. He waits till he's fifteen feet away, and then he starts. Hey. Then he's then he starts asking Chirping. him what that was. Yeah, oh. 
And and then now the bench is empty. And then when Musgrove got real, real close and no, asked him no. what he said, oh, no, 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 we're all good. We're yeah. all good. It's a smart move. If you're, you know, what is Javi Baez? Ozzy called Five. out Javi. Did he? Oh, yeah. Good for him. And good for him. Don't you, don't you see it? And this is what happens when you win championships, but especially when you're Javi, you have a Javi Baez on your roster. I totally get why a lot of people hate the Cubs right now. Oh, yeah. I totally get it. Uh, yeah, Javi said... I mean, rather, Ozzy said, uh, Javi, that's twice now. You you want to start something? You better finish it next time. <laughs> he said it that's the, the old, other morning with Mullane Hanley. That's the old Sammy Sosa, let me add him, hold me back. Let right. him add him, hold me back. Like, pretend to charge the mound and then stop. When there's 10 people between you, yeah, yeah let me act like I'm going forward. Yeah. yeah. No, look, the Cubs are the most arrogant team in baseball. And, uh, and you know, you got a right to be. They've won 292 games the last Don't you years. want to be hated? That's what you want. Yeah, well, you don't need to be anybody's friend out there. No. I know that's, again, that's that's the world that we live in. Everyone, you know, we play sports. Everyone has to love everyone. I, I'd rather win. I want to be Sorry. the evil umpire. I want to win. Yeah. I just want to win. You don't got to be my friend. I'm not looking to make friends. I'm looking to win. But if you're going to, you know, if you're going to start that stuff. Javi. I mean, of all people, I love, I I love him. I love him. I really do. But that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Waited till he was 15 feet away. This hour on the score is brought to you by Horowitz and Horowitz Associates. Need legal advice by a reputable attorney. Send questions you want answered to WBBMnewsradio.com slash legal advice. You threw me a curve there. Oh, it got me on Friday. Totally, totally got me. I messed that up. Send questions you want, but I got it. I got it. I I, I adjust it on the fly. How was You're that? Good. Pretty professional. Huh? No more launching. It's like Send, going opposite field. Going oppo. Send questions you want answered to wbbmnewsradio.com slash legal advice. And look online for free Legal Fridays with Horowitz, Horowitz, and Associates. That's wbbmnewsradio.com slash legal advice. Beautiful. Um, I just do, do you think that is a reasonable question to ask of MLB? What is it that you want to accomplish with these rules? Is it that you want zero contact? And if so, if that is the goal, then you have to state that clearly so that the players who are in danger can go about their business of believing they're never going. See, I, I still don't think as a second baseman coming across the bag blind with a runner coming down, I, I don't think you can make that assumption. I don't think as a catcher you should make that assumption either. Zero contact is a result of what they want. Number one is to keep their players, especially their best players, and I know he hates it when we bring it up, but the Buster Posey rule is to keep their best players healthy for something that they deem unnecessary. So that's number one. So I wouldn't say... That their number one is we we don't want this to be a contact sport, but now you've gone down this road. That's what you have to make it. I, I don't see any other we're way. Pretty, we're pretty close, right? Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, I don't I don't see any other way around it. I mean, why even have guys slide at second now? Why even have them slide at second? Just make. I mean, there's a throw from the shortstop to the second baseman. Just have the base runner run out of the line. Just get out of the way. I mean, why even, yeah. why even slide? Why, why go near the bag? I mean, just make it an automatic out. You know, I mean, that's you, – you, 
are going to continue to get players hurt because they are not thinking anyone's coming near them. I just, I just, th- I, I think there's a lot of ambiguity, and I think players and umpires aren't sure of what's supposed to happen. You, you know what else is going to get players hurt? It's something that is a rule right now that I think they need to fix. Um, part of it is the the pop up slide. Just players trying to stay on the base no matter what because the ball is immediately on them. Because if you get them for the split hair, I mean, come on. This is John Smoltz last night uh, talking about the approach of hitters in the game today, launch angle, trying to hit home runs. This was on Fox last night during the Cubs and Mets. We're on pace. We sound like a broken record, but we're on pace to have over 10,000 baseballs not be put in play over last year. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. And certain things down the road will help change that. It's coming. Want to ruin everybody's surprise? Tune in. Next couple of years, I'm intrigued now. Well, they got to. I mean, the commissioners got to. The, the game cannot survive. They've been working on the game times. They're working on the mound visits. All these different things that are happening that'll help shave off a minute here, three minutes there, four minutes there. But we've got to find a way to create action and not have these three true outcomes rule our game. Other sports have made changes and rule changes, and I anticipate we will do the same. On a two-two, Ian Happ swings away and fouls it off. So you'd think that it wouldn't happen naturally no. the way the game has kind of gone back and forth through no. the years. It needs to be. Yeah, you, you, you would think that hitters of this generation, again, I call it the, the reward system they're under. You would think that the shift, they are in control of determining whether they're going to be shifted or not. Yeah. And less than 10%, you don't care if they're shifted. They're primarily home run hitters. But the, some of the guys they're shifted on, they can't go the other way. Right. Uh, swing and a miss from half. And so, you know, I'm, I'm big and now, since I've been doing this for a long time since retiring, is looking at at-bats that become very selfish-oriented. That was not a, you know, I look and say, was that a team at-bat or was that a selfish at-bat? And then the trend of selfish at-bats are going through the roof. I'm talking about man on third, just make contact, hit a ground ball to second, and they score a run. And a lot of that's not happening because they're being taught or at least rewarded that, yeah, you strike out 180 times a year. Get me 30 home runs. And yeah, right. Give me the three true outcomes, and we'll be fine. Desensitized to the strikeout across the game. Ben Zobris takes ball one. But you know where it doesn't work? Winning teams. You can't win a championship that way. That's the one lasting kind of hope for an organization. You look at the two teams that were there last year, and they did a great job of being able to utilize the information, put the ball in play. Houston was the least amount struck out team in baseball. And they took seven games to win a World Series by putting pressure on the other team. And then you look three years ago, Royals were the yeah. same. Yeah, it's hard. The Yankees are a perfect team to watch. Built to bludgeon teams that don't have their starter or pitching. I mean, they're just going to crush you if you're not making good pitches. But they got a lot of strikeouts in uh-huh. there, too. So it's there. What can you tell me on that? <laughs> so how are you going to force more action in a game? How you gonna? How you gonna? How you gonna force players? Yeah, they to, were they were to, talking about just the hitter. The MLB expected hitters to adjust to all of this, and it hasn't happened yet. So now you're going to force a change. How? I don't. I don't like the idea. That's of, what I was waiting for. Give me the how. Yeah, I don't like the idea of outlawing the shift. I think if you're a smart team and you can use analytics to your advantage, and it's not really that new. I mean, the Braves 
in the 90s. I used to talk to Maddox about this. But, but it knew, is so extreme now. They, they knew where the ball was going to be put in play, and they had their fielders there. Yeah. They also had brilliant pitchers who could execute, and that's a big part of it. But I, I, don't, I don't think you should punish a team that is smart enough to shift because their analytics are so good and their pitchers can execute. I don't believe you should outlaw that. I, th- I believe you should force a hitter to adjust. Yeah. And, and if they don't, then shame on them. Joey Gallo, there is one person on the left side of the field. The third baseman is standing behind second base. Standing behind second base. There is an outfielder in left. That is it. All you have to do is poke it that way, and you're probably going to get a double. It's, I mean, Rizzo thinks about it all the time. You know, it depends yeah. on the situation, but he thinks How's about it. How's he been lately? Yeah. What we were waiting on. I'm not, I'm not surprised by that, but I mean the the um, the ways in which you can force more action, if they don't come naturally, how are you going to change that? I believe there will be a shift, though. I I I I believe there will be a shift, and I mean you saw it from the Cubs last week. They are trying, at least some of their guys, are trying to hit the ball the other way. They're at least attempting to do so. We got to take a break, Joe. Coming up next, we'll talk to Bruce Levine, some White Sox and Cubs conversation with him. That's Joe Ostrowski. I'm Barry Rosner. This is Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 